Greetings and welcome to the Antithesis of Superwoman. I'm your host, Von Fuller, and I'm so excited that you're back with me as we progress on this journey together of living our best lives without the cape. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. I'm so happy you're here today. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, and follow on any platform where podcasts are found. Feel free to rate and review. The title of this episode is It's Just Me, Myself, and Rona, where we touch on feelings of isolation, disconnect, and making it through this time. This episode was actually inspired by a question I received on Instagram. But before we jump into that, let me address a few things before I get into today's topic. Here are three important details I want to share. One, I am not a licensed therapist. I am solely a person who is passionate about encouraging people to live their best lives. Two, I am a Christian. And while I will share personal experiences that will involve my beliefs, I will not force my beliefs on you in this podcast. And three, I identify as a woman and I'm surrounded by a lot of women. So a lot of my examples will be of women. However, Men, please know that I am fully aware that we have supermen out there as well. And if you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, but feel like you can't express because you need to be strong, this podcast is for you. I also want to recognize and respect the sensitive nature of this topic. I know discussing this topic may be triggering for some because we are currently still living with this pandemic and doing our part to minimize its spread. I won't get into too many specifics concerning the Rona, as my topic is more about perspective. However, if you don't want to hear about this topic at all, which I completely understand, I recommend going to listen to my first episode, The Antithesis of Superwoman. What? Yes, that's a shameless plug. But for those of you who still want to continue with this episode that touches on a virus, let's get into it. So here's some background. Every Sunday on Instagram and Twitter, I ask my followers, how can I encourage you today? One Sunday, I received questions that were more related to the Rona and its effects, as well as what it was requiring us to do, i.e. stay home. One of the questions really hit home for me in an unsuspecting way. The question was, as many of us are under the shelter in place order, especially those of us in New York, How do we deal with feelings of isolation and disconnect? This hit home unexpectedly because I'm a natural homebody, so isolation doesn't bother me at all. Now, let me clarify. I'm speaking about isolation in general, not those who are ill or directly impacted by someone ill, immune compromised, or unfortunately now without a job because a job that is very essential to their lives isn't deemed essential by those who make the decisions. I'm specifically stating that I don't and never had an issue being by myself. I don't know if it's because I was raised as an only child or what. Maybe it's because I'm a Pisces and I'm very introspective and prefer to live in my head. Daydreaming is what helps get me through life. And as I got older, my daydreaming was coupled with journaling and it was a match made in heaven. And I think I happen to do my best daydreaming and journaling when I'm by myself in my room. So in just, I enjoy having my me time but I recognize that it's not the case for everyone. 
So this hit home for me because it helped me recognize that I have fallen into the mental trap that so many humans get caught in, which is, if it's fine with me, it should be fine with you too, right? Wrong. Not everyone likes feeling isolated and disconnected with the world. Not everyone is okay wearing workout clothes all day knowing they're not going to the gym, like I do. Don't judge me. And just like it's okay for me to regain my energy and strength from isolation and introspection, it's okay for people to regain their energy and strength from connection. As human beings, we're meant to complement each other, not carbon copy one another. I'm a firm believer that while our similarities may initially bring us together, it's our differences that make us stronger. And in this instance, I think my different viewpoint of isolation brought a unique perspective to the current challenges of disconnect that we're feeling. So back to the question, I repeat it and then I follow up with what I answered since I stated it a while ago. The question was, as many of us are under the shelter in place order, especially those of us in New York, how do we deal with feelings of isolation and disconnect? I responded with the following. I think the first step is to rethink our outlook on isolation. Instead of dreading it, embrace it. One of the definitions of the word isolation means far away from everyone and everything else. In most instances, especially if it's forced, this can be looked at as a negative, but I challenge us to look at it as an opportunity. The root word of isolation is a Latin word insula, which means island. When you think of an island, it may seem isolated, but it actually has everything it needs. It has all the elements it needs to have abundant life. It has sun, air, and is surrounded by water. It may be isolated by man's definition, but it's actually full of life and far from lonely or alone. With that, I would like to encourage you to look at isolation as a necessary part of growth. Jesus was isolated in the wilderness to go through tests and trials of the mind, body, and spirit before he could go out on his mission and positively change the lives of millions. Writers typically isolate themselves to focus on producing great literary works. And heck, even Kanye talked about locking himself in a basement for three summers before he achieved unprecedented success. Bringing it back to the Rona. Look at all the ways the earth has been able to heal itself since we've been isolated. The air is cleaner in China and LA, and the canals of Italy have waters clean enough for dolphins and swamps to swim there again. The earth is showing us exactly what we should do with this isolation. Self-care and heal. Recognize that we may be sheltered in place, but we have all the elements we need inside of us to survive. Be introspective. In what ways can we heal ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally? How can we use this as an opportunity to better ourselves? Let's use this as an opportunity to be thankful for the shelter and the ability to focus on being in place with where we want to be. One of the things I didn't mention in my answer because I already know I can be a bit long-winded on social media is to try to adopt the mindset of looking at every challenge as an opportunity. I can say from experience that I know it's easier said than done, but it's an extremely important part of personal growth. It takes us out of our comfort zone, but it is when we're outside of this comfort zone that our minds are the most creative and ingenious. Think about all the inventions that were introduced out of a necessity because someone stepped outside of their comfort zone to offer a solution to a problem or to make things easier for the masses. Thanks to those people who are willing to get comfortable being uncomfortable, we have the wheel, the printing press, the telephone, the light bulb, you get the point. The list seems infinite. These inventors, whether known or unknown, created greatness when they stepped outside of the status quo 
and we still appreciate and utilize their contributions today. Just think, what could people be thanking you for hundreds of years from now if you were able to utilize the time right now to do that thing you always had in the back of your mind to do? The thing that you've always had an interest in but never really had the time? Or that really great idea that you just thought of that you know could help people? Instead of feeling stuck in the house, use this time to do those things. But here's the flip side, encouragement part 2.0. Don't kill yourself trying to cram all the things you haven't been able to do or complete over the years into a few weeks or even a few months. We have to recognize that we are living during a pandemic. This is not a vacation. This is not a voluntary break. This is a real life pandemic and we are doing our best to adjust. Can I be really real? Let's talk about the different aspects affecting people right now. Let's start off with employment. Everyone's situation is different. There are those who are considered essential and still need to show up to their job's physical location each and every day. For those warrior employees who have not had a change in their work structure, the only thing that's changed for them is the added stress that realizing every day they go out into the world, they are at a higher risk of contracting Corona and bringing it back home with them. But bills need to be paid, a service or supply needs to be provided, and insurance needs to be maintained. They unfortunately don't have the luxury to stay at home and often don't have the ability to implement real social distance. For those who fit into this category, we salute you. Then there are those who are able to telework during this time. For some, this is considered a blessing. For others, not so much. For those who telework and have children, this has been a stressful time because many are trying to juggle being a parent, employee, and teacher all in the same eight to 10 hour period as a lot of schools have closed for the remainder of the school year or are doing distance learning, which still requires participation of the parent, especially for littles. In addition, a lot of people who are teleworking who didn't telework full-time prior to this pandemic are reporting a larger workload and are working more hours than they would in their office setting. Personally, I'm teleworking and I am enjoying it. I do, however, have to say I have help with my children, so I'm able to focus on work without the added pressure of teaching classroom curriculum. I absolutely know what a blessing that is, and I thank God I do not have that added stress or pressure to wear three hats at once, because y'all know the title of this podcast is The Antithesis of Superwoman, so I am built for all that. Thanks, Ma. Then there is a group of people who have lost their jobs. Over 30 million Americans fall for unemployment. 30 million. This is a record-breaking number. Not only are the analysts saying things haven't been as bad since the Great Depression, but they're also saying because so many had trouble filing a claim for unemployment, the number could actually be higher. This is a stark reality that while many people may have free time, it's definitely not carefree. With 58% of Americans having less than $1,000 in their savings account, according to a 2019 Yahoo Finance article, Worries about how bills will be paid and how food will make it on the table is a real concern when unexpectedly you no longer have steady income. Between the stress of being pushed outside of your routine at no fault of your own and trying to find money to hold you over even though you don't know how long you'll need to be held, that's more than enough to leave you with little to no time to do anything else. While there have been industries that state they will help people who have suffered financially during this time and are themselves receiving a bailout, there's been a lot of red tape associated with that help that of course wasn't mentioned before. 
When it comes to mortgages, insurance, student loans, etc., what was supposed to be an easier automatic process is now not so easy. Some companies are requiring specific documentation that needs to be evaluated and could take up to 30 days before you know if you've been approved for their relief programs. By that time, your bills are already late and are about to be late again. Let's also be clear that there aren't many agencies, companies, or industries that are hiring right now. So a lot of people, rightfully so, feel stuck. The only exception is if you're considered to have the qualifications needed for certain essential services that are hiring due to a shortage of available workers. This, my dear, is not my idea of free time because even if you don't physically have to report to work, you may feel mentally and emotionally held hostage by your circumstances, making it hard to focus on crossing things off your wish list. Let's move on to feelings of grief. We're at the point where we have so many reported cases around the country that each of us probably know at least one person, whether directly or indirectly, who has been infected by the virus. As of today, the day of this recording, in the U.S., there are currently 1.13 million reported cases and worldwide, currently over 3.36 million reported cases. And the number for both is growing daily. Not to mention, with the shortage of tests, one can only imagine what the actual number of non-reported cases are. This is tough. Personally, through one or two degrees of separation, I know of a couple of people who have passed because of the virus. It's heartbreaking. People are losing loved ones, both old and young. What initially was thought to attack senior citizens, which was horrible in itself, We've now learned this virus is no respecter of age, race, health condition, or social status. The youngest person to die from the coronavirus was an infant in Chicago, and the youngest person to be confirmed case was a baby born with the virus in London. I also read of a pregnant woman passing due to the virus, and if that wasn't heartbreaking enough, her baby did not survive. People with no known immune deficiencies or compromises are being laid to rest. And because of how contagious this is, people cannot even mourn the loss like they're used to. Funerals have limited attendance to a handful of people and physical touch is not allowed. And if you live in a different state, then it is highly unlikely you'll be able to travel to another state and attend a service. Some funeral homes have gone creative and streamed a service or conducted drive-in services where you can view the body on a big screen from the funeral home's parking lot. Again, this is heartbreaking. Outside of the loss of life, people are also grieving their daily routines, their financial future, and overall their freedom. And I'd be remiss if we didn't deal with the root of a lot of our fears with the virus. All of the unknown aspects of this virus itself is matched with the realization that not only are we ill-prepared as an individual to handle the unknown, but it doesn't seem like our country is well-equipped to handle the pandemics as well. That's unsettling. And to be totally honest and fair, in hindsight, it makes sense that we wouldn't be prepared because we're used to things happening on other people's soil and not ours. So when something does happen here that seems out of our control, many of us go into panic mode. And as people, similar to children who look to parents for guidance, we typically turn to our country's leadership for the answers and a provision when we are able to figure it out ourselves. And in this instance, they also didn't have the answers. This reminds me of the first time I realized my mom wasn't perfect. I was in grade school and I came home from school and did my homework per usual. My mom looked over it and corrected one of my answers. Since she's my mom, knows everything, and is perfect, I changed my answer to her correction. 
Then I turned my homework into school the next day and I got the answer wrong. My mom told me the wrong answer. I was devastated. To make matters worse, not only was she wrong, but the answer I put down that she told me was wrong was actually right. I could have had a perfect score if I hadn't changed my answer. If you listen to my first episode, then you know I am a hard worker and can be a bit of a perfectionist, so I prided myself on being an A-plus student. One wrong answer may not have seemed like a big deal to some, but it was a huge deal to me. That day will forever be etched in my memory as the day I learned my mom was imperfect and can actually be wrong. Obviously, with my example, the scale was much smaller and the stakes much, much lower, but the concept of looking up to your leadership for answers and then not necessarily having the most applicable answer for your needs is the same. Last but not least stop on this Debbie Downer ride are the shortages. There are shortages of seemingly everything. It's worse depending on where you live. Maybe the biggest and most shocking shortage are actual tests that determine if you have contracted the virus or not. Because this virus can leave people asymptomatic, you could have it and not know, and therefore it could be spreading the virus unknowingly. And because tests are so limited, they're not testing unless you have all the symptoms. This alone doesn't make you feel very secure in our first world living status. The uncertainty of it all has led to many other shortages because people have been stocking up and some even hoarding cleaning supplies, masks, and gloves. Even hospitals are struggling to keep supplies in stock. Companies who are not in the industry of making cleaning and safety supplies are now fitting their factories to be able to make those supplies. States are trying to outbid each other for the limited supplies that are available so people in their state can be well taken care of. Toilet tissue, paper towel, most canned goods, milk, bread, snacks, fruit, guns, bullets, you name it, and it's probably out of stock in a lot of stores and very limited supply across the country. And with that, I think I said more than enough. Trust me, I'm not bringing all of this up just because. I know we're seeing these stories more and more, both on the news and all over the internet. And if that isn't overload, we're living it day to day. We don't have to read it because when we go out to the grocery stores for ourselves, we can see the shelves emptied of most of the things we need. Or we have to wait in line for a necessary item because those items now have to be guarded to avoid people from hoarding. The reason I'm saying this out loud is to remind you of how much you're already dealing with and handling. It's a lot and you don't know how much more it might be the next day. But you do know you won't wake up the next day and it will magically be over and everyone healed and everything back to the quote unquote normal we knew before. This is why I say if you have the time, energy, motivation, and any other resource needed to do the things on your wish list, then I'm your biggest cheerleader to go out and do it. A quick side note, if the thing stopping you is not the Rona, but fear, then I need you to do what folks used to do in those throwback family sitcoms on TV. You know the scene where a teen or husband is supposed to sweep the dust off the floor, but instead they sweep it under a rug? That's what I need from you. That's sweep it under the rug energy. Sweep that fear under a rug, step on top of it a few times so it blends in and keep it moving. Don't wait until fear leaves because it won't. So just move it out of your way so you can keep going and moving forward in life. Remember that thinking will not overcome fear, but action will. That's a new fave quote of mine from W. Clement Stone. Pushing past your fear and doing the things you feel called to do will pour into your soul and rejuvenate you to a level that you haven't experienced before. I believe in you. You can absolutely do this. 
However, if the issue isn't fear, but the Rona, then give yourself a break. If you are already feeling drained, overwhelmed, stressed, and anxious due to all that's going on around you, which includes a pandemic, then please ignore that wish list and do what you can to prioritize yourself and your mental health and fortitude. What makes you smile? Or better yet, what makes you laugh? Maybe a nice social distancing walk outside while listening to your favorite music or podcast. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Or maybe you prefer to perform a personal concert while you take an extra long shower or bath, followed by a nice glass of wine or some nice hot tea. Moisturize with something that makes you feel ditty level luxurious and then binge watch your favorite shows. Does music speak to your soul? Have a dance party listening to your favorite throwback music. Shout out to D-Nice. Or become your own DJ and play those albums you used to sing your heart out to in the shower, car, or wherever else you felt bold enough to sing at the top of your lungs. And at the end of the day, connection is still very important. So reach out to your loved ones and friends that you enjoy speaking to. Emphasis on enjoy. I have some good catch-up or inventing sessions. At the end of the day, the goal is to try and maintain your peace and sanity during this time of anxiety and stress. And while I listed some examples above, only you know what truly helps you feel relaxed and rejuvenated. Just know that it's okay to make yourself a priority. Prioritizing your health and wellness is a key to being able to help others. To be completely transparent and vulnerable, I'm talking to you and myself. I'm wholeheartedly stepping outside of my comfort zone with this podcast. I love people and I love encouraging people, but recording my voice and then post on a public platform uh, no, nah, that's definitely uncomfortable for me. So I'm doing something that's been on my list for a little while, but because I'm working on prioritizing my time, those 50 other things on my list, yeah, they're absolutely still on my list and may remain there for some time. Although that's not my preference, I'm learning to accept my role as the antithesis of perfection, the antithesis of the world status quo, and most of all, as the antithesis of superwoman. I'm still just as thankful as I was on the last episode that the world doesn't stop turning because I didn't check everything off my mile-long to-do list. Now, I hope you're ready to get into the three encouragement segments I like to end each episode with. Before we start the new, let's circle back to the previous episode's challenge. The first official encouragement challenge was to find one thing physical and one thing non-physical to compliment yourself on each day during the week. How did everyone do? Great, I hope. Feel free to continue to reach out to me to let me know how you did. Full transparency, I was not as consistent as I want to be with this challenge. Feel free to keep this going. I know I will because I think it's a great base to build on. Now moving forward to this week's encouragement challenge. Our challenge this week will be to follow through with what I mentioned earlier in the episode. Take some time to do a self-assessment to figure out what will feed you. By feed you, I mean what will rejuvenate you and keep your spirits lifted. Whether you've determined what will bring you joy is opening a business or taking an extended nap, put action into making those things happen. And get in the habit of doing this as often as you can. Also know, it's not only highly possible, but also highly probable that your answers will vary day to day. Give yourself grace to allow for that. Now to our next segment, our beacon of encouragement. If you're just joining us, a beacon of encouragement is someone who's sticking it to the status quo and making a stand to do what's best for them. 
please join in on this movement and feel free to send me your recommendations. It doesn't have to be someone famous. While yes, it can be a celebrity, it can just as easily be your friend or neighbor. Until I start receiving recommendations, I will use the people I consider to be a beacon of encouragement in my life. Today's beacon of encouragement is Dr. Brene Brown. She's a professor, lecturer, author, and podcast host. She has spent more than a decade studying vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and shame. She shares how she had her own mini breakdown because she realized she wasn't living the life of vulnerability that her years of study showed was crucial to a more rewarding life. In the end, by sharing her story, she proved her studies right. That vulnerability, as scary as it is, in the end produces stronger connection with others and provides greater personal satisfaction. In her own words, vulnerability is a birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. Oof, I hope this makes you want to dip your toe in the vulnerability waters a little bit. I'm not sure about you, but to me it seems now more than ever, it's time for us to give birth to that love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity Dr. Brown is talking about. Last but not least, our encouragement quote this week is, you're not breaking down, you're breaking through by Lecrae. No matter how hard it seems or how hard it actually is, your breakthrough is coming and is going to make the hard times worth it. Keep pushing. And with that, I want to thank you for listening. I am so happy y'all spent time with me today. Trust, I do not take it for granted. If you enjoyed chilling with me, discussing how it's okay to just be okay in a time where a lot of things are not okay, then join the Encouragement Fam. We're here with open arms. Like, subscribe, and follow on any platform where podcasts are found. Feel free to rate and review. Can't wait to meet you back here next week for episode three. You won't want to miss it. If you have encouragement topics you want me to discuss or want to keep me up to date on how your challenges are going, feel free to email me at antithesissw at gmail.com. That is A-N-T-I-T-H-E-S-I-S-S-W at gmail.com. No spaces. If you have Instagram, follow me at antithesis underscore of underscore superwoman. And Twitter at antithesis s. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye.